Um, this was an unreached people group, of course, of 12,000 people, of which there are only three known believers when uh, it was first adopted in 1993, and now I'm guessing there are many more. <laughs> so we're going to hear about that uh, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Uh, I think it'll be a good thing, so we can all be looking forward to that. Um, uh, some of the normal things here, there's a, we have the TCC School of Ministry that meets on Wednesdays at 7 p.m., uh, it's also online through Zoom. You can contact Pastor Dean if you want to know more about that, you want to join. Um, the next meeting will, of course, be November 18th. Uh, we have our TCC Youth Group, um, which meets now at uh, 6 p.m., and it goes to 7.30 here at the church house. Um, we do have an announcement about that, that on November 25th, we won't be meeting, uh, since that'll be the Thanksgiving, the, uh, Wednesday before Thanksgiving, we want to allow people to be able to travel and uh, uh, at least uh, stay with their families, do the things that they need to do. Um, so we won't be having anything that day, but we'll be meeting again, of course, uh, a week later. Um, we also have uh, Bible teachings, resources. We have a healing class with Pastor Dean, of course. We have preschool, elementary, youth group. Uh, there's resources online that you can find. And, of course, all the archived messages and such uh, that you can found, find on SoundCloud and, of course, our website. All right. So this morning, uh, I want to talk about something that I've sort of just been thinking about this week a bit. Uh, and something I was actually going to, to talk about in youth group, but we never got around to it. So uh, here it is. Uh, so this week... I find myself thinking about the need for strength, and it strikes me that there seems to be an ever-increasing number of obstacles and oppressions and oppositional forces that are at play in our world. This is no secret to us. Uh, and you don't have to look too far abroad to find trouble, now do we? <laughs> um, we who are gathered here in this room, of course, know sadnesses and sicknesses, poverties, isolation, failures and rejections. Uh, these things are the commonality of human experience, and perhaps we find ourselves thinking uh, that if we only had just a little more of what it takes, if we were only maybe a little bit smarter, maybe a little braver, maybe a little more spiritual, if we could just be a little stronger, maybe then we could finally win our own battles and maybe move on together to win the battles of this world. In 1 Samuel, the Word tells us a story that once upon a time, Israel went out to wage war against an invading army of the Philistines. Now, the Israelites knew that this was not a war to take lightly at all. The Philistines were ruthless in battle. They were mighty and they were fierce. And if they weren't stopped, they would ravage and plunder until there was nothing left. So the Israelites prepared themselves and they gathered all the strongest men of the land, arming themselves with all the expected accoutrements of war, the weapons, the army, the strategies, the tactics. Yet they were not prepared for what the enemy sent forth. The Philistines brought forth their strongest warrior, a giant by the name of Goliath, perhaps you know this story, whose weapons and his armor and his knowledge of war were greater than any man among the Israelites. Who could be expected to face this new threat? The greatest, the most renowned, the most battle-hardened warriors were filled with fear. 
and could not fight this man. So what did it take? (laughs) We know the story, don't we? There was a shepherd boy by the name of David who arrives on the scene. He has no experience with war, and he is woefully unprepared. And in fact, he's too weak to fight with a sword and shield and armor, the expected weapons of war. His greatest boast is to have beaten off wild animals in the field. That is to say that his greatest boast is to have done the entirely commonplace and everyday job of a shepherd, the humblest class of person. What did he have that all the strength of Israel lacked? How was it that he was able to slay Goliath using only the well-worn tools that any poor and average and unexceptionable person might own? (laughs) If this were some fairy tale, We would find out about some magic that David might have had, perhaps a clever trick or maybe a riddle that he knew that could save him in the end. But it wasn't any of these things, was it? David's strength was found in trusting to nothing that could be counted as David's strength. Instead, David was a man who spent his life in worship, we know, who invested his whole self in knowing the character of his God and finding every way possible to articulate to ponder, to pronounce, and to make known, to clarify, and to be wrapped up and lost in the mystery of, to fall down in simple adoration of, to exemplify and be representative of the reality of our excellent and worthy master, creator, and savior. May the Lord... (laughs) And so this is what David has to say about it, and I think he says it pretty well in Psalms 20. Uh, In Psalm 20, he says, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of his mountain Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your sacrifices. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. And we will rejoice when you are saved. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions and all that you ask. And now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some will trust in chariots, and some may trust in horses. But we will remember the name of our Lord God. All they out there have bowed down and they have fallen, but we have risen and we will now stand upright. Save, O Lord, save us, and may the king answer us when we call, he says. So today, your circumstances, our world, it doesn't need our strength. It doesn't need us to be anything more than we already are sitting right here, right now. So I ask that what we do in this week is we get alone with our God and we know him and that we never stop knowing him and never stop falling deep and hard on his love (laughs) and against such a wonder, such a glory, such a devotion and such a unity, I ask you what giant could ever stand proud. So Jesus, (laughs) just as we were singing now, I ask that you do refine us with your love, refine us in your character, that we don't go forward in this week 
still with our hanging on to our anxieties and our doubts, still hanging on to those what-ifs and those you-could-haves and you-should-haves. But instead, we would cling only to who you are, to your holiness, to your mightiness, to the picture of the Savior on the cross who took all the things that might harm us in this world, took all the things that we might have failed at in our lives, And we say, you are greater, you are stronger, you are our strength, Jesus. Only you are strong. And so we rely on you, we declare your name today, and know that that is our purpose here on this earth, is to declare your glory, to declare your wonder. And so we thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. I got up early this morning. Had breakfast with the deer hunters, sent them off to the woods, and then I opened up my Bible. And I started to read Revelations, chapter 18, verse 4. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. And I think we could write COVID-19 in there. I think this word is for us today, hallelujah, that if we want God to protect us and to keep us, to heal us, then we need to be in that place. Where we walk in his glory, we walk in his presence, where we hear his voice. This word is for us, it's for today, that if we are the people of God, that we should not be touched by the things of this world. We know the nonsense that's going on in the world today. And I hear that voice, you know, that they're going to control COVID. They're going to follow science. But I say, it's time to follow the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says clearly, come out from her. And they were talking about Babylon. And it says in a a couple of verses later that she hath glorified herself. And she has lived deliciously. And those words describe America. Where we hold up the rights of the individual. You know, you have the right to do just about anything. Including killing your own children because you don't want to take care of them. You don't want to deal with sin in your life. It's time for us as a nation to turn back to God and cry out for mercy. But I want to share a scripture this morning from Exodus. And we remember 
Exodus, when the people, the children of Israel came out of Egypt. And we read about all the plagues and how the children of Israel were spared. And when the angel of death came, every family killed a lamb and put the blood of the lamb on, the, on their doorpost. And in the spirit, we need to do that. We need to know that the power of the blood of Jesus, the lamb who takes away the sins of the world, hallelujah, that the power of the blood, oh, it's still alive and it still works. The power to wash away our sins. But it's also the power to heal. It's the power to keep us. Our brother was talking about times of trouble. You know, but that's when God does his greater work. In times of trouble. Oh, hallelujah. And so God is a personal God. And so we need to get personal with him. He should be our friend, closer than a brother. That when trouble comes, we can talk to him. We can ask, and we can believe that he hears us, that the answer will come. Oh, hallelujah. But even in the Old Testament, you know, when the children of Israel, they left they took all the jewels and the gold from the Egyptians. And the Pharaoh hardened his heart and went after them. And so they were caught between the Red Sea and the armies of the Pharaoh. And there was no place to go. There was no place to run. There was no place to hide. But the word of the Lord came to Moses, and Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen this day, you shall see them no more again, no more forever. For the Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And I believe that God has not changed, that he will fight for us. Hallelujah. And we know that he did. We know that he parted the waters of the Red Sea and the children passed through in safety. And when the armies entered into the waters, the waters closed on them and not one of them escaped. Hallelujah. And another word from Moses. When they came to Merah, and the waters were bitter, and they could not drink. The Lord showed Moses a tree. And when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Oh, hallelujah. And he said to them, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God 
and we'll do that which is right in his sight. And we'll give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. He is God, and he changes not. He hears our prayers. He hearkens to our prayers. Oh, hallelujah. So we need to be that church that walks in faith, that believes that God has not changed. You know, the New Testament talks about the centurion soldier. And what he said to Jesus when he asked the Lord to heal his servant. The word of the Lord says that he marveled. Jesus marveled when he heard his faith. He said, I am a man under authority. I say to this one to go and he goes and do this and he does that. He understood the authority that God has given us. That the authority that God the Father gave Jesus when he walked on this earth. He marveled. He also marveled at the people of, of his own village. Because of their unbelief, he could do nothing or almost nothing except heal a few people with minor ailments because of their unbelief. We want to be those people that God marvels at our faith. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand up and shout that Jesus Christ is Lord, hallelujah. That he has not changed, that he has the power to change circumstances in our lives. Let's all stand up. Let's pray. Let's pay, pray for the people of this church. Let's pray for those people who have COVID. And we have some family members who are really sick this morning. But we believe that God is going to hear our prayer. And he's going to answer. Father, we just come before you in faith, believing today that your word is true. That your word cannot be changed. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. That Jesus Christ is Lord. That he is over all. Father, we just come before you today. We cry out for your church. We cry out for your people. Father, we just lift up those who are sick. We stand in faith with them. And we just thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. For healing. For protection. For help in the time of trouble. Father, we just bind Satan, we bind sickness, we curse it in the name of Jesus, and we just call forth that healing power of your Holy Spirit. We call it forth now in every person that's here in this church today. And over the airwaves to all those who are listening, we speak health and life in the name of Jesus. And we bind every spirit of fear and every curse and work of darkness that would come against you in Jesus' name. We speak life in Jesus' name. We speak healing 
in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just thank you that it is done. Oh, hallelujah, that the powers of darkness cannot come against the name or the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we walk in your divine supernatural protection. Thank you, Lord, that we are drawn closer to you in this hour, that this is not the time to be a lukewarm church. This is time to be on fire with the Holy Ghost. On fire, so on fire that the fires of this world cannot touch you. Like the three Hebrew children as they walked in the flames. The things of this world could not touch them because they walked in the glory that is God. Oh, hallelujah. Because they put their lives on the line for something higher than this world or anything this world has to offer. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, for that healing power of your Holy Spirit that dwells and abides in us. Your word says in Romans chapter 8 that if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, then it will quicken our mortal bodies. And Father, we just thank you that we are being quickened this morning as we pray, as we stand in your presence. Thank you, Jesus, that our sons and our daughters and our grandchildren, our grandmothers are healed, that they are safe. Father, we thank you that they are blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Gus. I, I had written down a thought here this week, and uh, Gus mentioned some of this about who we should be or who we can be here at Ten Strike Church. I wrote a company of people who can release corporate faith because we have developed a culture of faith. When people join our gatherings, it will be easy for them to believe. A spirit of faith among us that people catch and step through the door of experiencing God's power. Isn't that a marvelous thing? When a spirit of faith is among us. It's a corporate spirit attitude. Others come in and they can catch it easily. And they can release their heart to God. There's power in that united faith before the Lord. Amen. Last week I, I had a prayer for Joe Biden. And uh, on Tuesday, I talked about some of the dynamics I was sensing as I was praying. We gave a prayer of thanksgiving and blessing. And while, while I was praying that, I saw fiery arrows being shot into the darkness. 
And so those arrows of Romans chapter 12 to bring people to conviction, to bring people to uh, an encounter with God. And so the weapons that we fight with are mighty through God. They're not of the flesh. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And Pastor Steve has talked about that recently. And so one of those ways that we, you know, those arrows, one of those things, those weapons, has to do with blessing and not cursing. Amen. And God, we, we, you know, we, we let our soulish hold on some things are let go and God is free then to work blessing through our spirit but that blessing is meant to bring people to a place of humility before him. So today I'd like to, us to offer up a prayer for President Trump. So let's just say thank you Lord. Thank you Lord for President Trump. Thank you that you have raised him up for this time in our country's history. Thank you, Lord, for his pro-life stand. Thank you, Lord, for his bold support of Israel. Thank you, Lord, that he has appointed godly judges. Thank you, Lord, that he has listened to godly counsel. Thank you that he has chosen a godly man for vice president. Thank you, Lord, that your good plans for him were set in your book before the creation of the world and that every plan that you are mindful of that they're always before you and all of them will run their course and be accomplished for our nation and for our world we trust your timetable and your power Lord God your will be done Amen. And so if God has risen up President Trump, it doesn't matter what happens in the temporal time frame, but God's will will be accomplished through him. And sometimes those things look differently than what our mind thinks. Amen. We hold on in faith. Mark is going to help me read a little bit today and... Uh, This is the Lord's Prayer from, uh, from Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, Amplified Bible. So listen close. Pray, therefore, like this. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed, kept holy, be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven, left, remitted, and let go of the debts, and have given up resentment against our debtors. And lead, bring us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 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 And so, Father, we are giving you lordship. 
over our lives, our homes, our region, our nation. Your will be done. Amen. And so today, I want to talk, go on from where we were last week. We were talking about seeking righteousness with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. But then the second thing that Paul tells Timothy, pursue righteousness and then pursue faith. So I want this look at pursuing faith this morning. Hallelujah. Undying trust. And this isn't in the notes. This morning I woke up and Ephesians 1 was just running through my spirit. So if you have a phone or if you have a Bible, turn with me to Ephesians 1 and verse 1. And this is such a powerful exhortation that he gives uh, to the people of God. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on for the next 11, 12 verses just proclaiming some of the great things that God has released upon us and his heart for us. But in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And so when Jesus ascended on high, he gave gifts to men, but he also secured every blessing Every promise that God has made is yes and amen to us in Christ. And so when he ascended on high, he took his seat at the right hand of the Father. Every spiritual blessing became ours and released to us that we can take hold of by faith. It's there for us. And I thought, I think verse 4 is such a great explanation. So just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. And so we have all these, all these spiritual blessings that are there for us. And in verse 4, just as he chose us in him. And this is one of the, the greatest witnesses as believers that we have. We are chosen in Christ. We have become his children. And we have that testimony burning in our hearts as we draw near to the Lord. The testimony is there strong and mighty and glorious. We're loved children. We're dearly loved children. Let's just confess that dearly loved children. Let's say it together. Dearly loved children. And God also by his spirit, he witnesses with us that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. 
Amen. He has blessed us in the heavenly places with every spiritual given by the Holy Spirit blessing in the heavenly realm. And so physical healing is one of those blessings. He's given it to us in Jesus. He's given it to us. Jesus paid the price. And so healing is a spiritual gift that comes to us and it manifests within our physical body and causes our bodies to change. Our bodies to to rise up in strength and power and deliverance and healing. We have a faith. We can have a faith corporately that this is who we are. This is the promise, unshakable, unshakable promise to us. It is so beautiful that we can experience God's power together when we not only pray for our needs, but we pray for others in their times of need. And God is so sure about this. You know, as far as the local church, is anyone among you sick? He must call the elders of the church. Some translations say he must. (laughs) Or some say he should. Let them pray the prayer of faith over him. And so that prayer of faith comes from the corporate faith that we have in Jesus Christ and the power of his word and the power of his promises. The elders carry that. Amen. Let them pray the prayer of faith, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. How more definite can it be? How more certain can it be? The Lord will do this. We cultivate a spirit of faith here. We cultivate the assurance that Jesus Christ has paid the price and he's given these marvelous spiritual gifts to us and we have the right to access them together and to pray for each other and love each other. And in that union that we have in his presence, healings take place. Things that are on a more spectacular scale and also things that are just You know, sometimes we don't even acknowledge before God. He he has paid the price for us to be healed in every area of our life. That's exciting, isn't it? I was in Canada. We had a lady come up for prayer after a meeting. You know, we had a time for people to come to the altar or whatever. She said the doctor had run a test on her and she had some kind of a growth in her shoulder and it was she was in severe pain couldn't lift her arms up and so I prayed for her and I saw the glory of the Lord go down into that shoulder I saw the Lord healing her 
And I said, I see the Lord healing you. I see the glory of the Lord healing you. He didn't feel any better. But it was, it was kind of unique. Two days later, she was still in pain. And she said, she was talking to God about it. And she says, Lord, I know that you have promised to heal me. I believe Pastor Dean, when he said he saw the glory of the Lord going into my shoulder and healing me, I believe him. And she was just talking to God like that, making her statement of coming into union with him and, and with the prayer of faith. And immediately, God healed her. She lifted her hands and began to worship. She went back to the doctor and he says, well, that growth is here, but it's not here. It's on this x-ray, but not on this one. Jesus, how he hears our prayer. We can, we can develop a spirit of faith. We can cultivate a spirit of faith where the word of God is true. We can release it and others can come in and receive it simply, freely, not complicated. You know, faith is just always so simple, isn't it? We just believe. Hallelujah. And when we do, don't you ever, ever ask yourself, wow, I wish I, it's so easy, I wish I would have done it before. <laughs> when we take a step through that door, we knock on it, we take a step through it. Hallelujah. It's not complicated at all. Amen. Glory be to God. Let's go to Matthew 9, 27. And 28. Mark is going to read this. Matthew 9, 27. <clears throat> As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Amen. There's a lot of things in those few words. But they were crying out an act of faith and coming and not being denied. They were crying out. They were taking their stand. And Jesus entered the house and they came up to him. And Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? You believe that I'm able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. Jesus saw the point of the release of faith that they needed. They had come to him, they had pressed in, they had you know, cried out, and now there was one more step to take. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? And carried with it 
carried with it was a willingness. Not only can you do it in some abstract way, but are you willing to do it? Am I willing to do this right now? And they said, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. We need to have this kind of open heart to the Lord. When we have prayer, when we make a petition to God, not only can you do it, but I know your heart, you're willing to do it right now. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. It breaks through all the clouds of unbelief and resistance. We can take it from God. We can believe it together. Hallelujah. Let's go to Mark 9. 18 through 21 or 20 or wherever there. <laughs> okay, this was uh, about the man who had a son, I think, that had seizures in it. They said in Mark 9:18, Bible says, whenever it seizes him, it slams him to the ground and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and stiffens out. I told your disciples to cast it out. They could not do it. And he answered them and said, O oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. They brought the boy to him. When he saw him, immediately the spirit threw him into a convulsion. And falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. And he asked his father, how long has he been, this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. It has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, can you take pity on us and help us? And so that's, a, you know, right there, that was a, as he was going on, he said, but if you can do anything. The other ones came, and Jesus asked him, do you believe I'm able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord. And here he came, and from his own confession, and he had, you know, the disciples had tried, and, you know, so I'm sure he was a little bit discouraged. But he came and he asked Jesus, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Go ahead. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. Amen. And so when Jesus said that, all things are possible to him who believes, he was talking about his own heart. He knew his position with the Father. He knew that all things were possible for him. And this man was doubting. He had those seeds of doubt. But yet the man responded 
Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. It's always good to be honest with God as to where our heart is. He will help us. He will help us. Amen. And Jesus is always the yes of God. No matter how many promises that God has made, they find their yes in Jesus. We can have that confidence within us. We are grafted into the yes of God. We can have that positive understanding and knowing that as I ask, as I make an appeal to him, the answer from his heart is yes. And the stronger that realization comes within me, the more dynamic the results will be when we pray. You know, when, we are bit, when we're in the spirit, so often the awareness of the Almighty One rises up within us. The yes of God. And then I simply need to make the declaration of faith. And God does the miracle. So often, you know, we don't go into times of ministry with great faith. But all of a sudden, as we wait in his glory, directions and anointing drops upon us. And we move with him. And there's so many different dynamics that happen when we pray. Sometimes just, you know, our, our normal prayer of faith is what's needed at the moment. Sometimes we need to have an unction from God. We need to have an anointing dropped upon us that we can function in. God wants us to cultivate a spirit of faith so all these things can be in manifestation at their proper time. Oh, it's exciting to see chronic issues leave. It's exciting to have impossible situations rectified through the name of Jesus. It's thrilling to see Jesus come and heal a broken life and to heal a broken, broken bodies. It's there for us, not only, and it's there for all of us. It's there for this culture to be here. When people come in, you know, isn't it great during Azusa Street, people would walk in the door and they'd be healed? A spirit of faith, a culture of faith was there. Mario Murillo was preaching and he said they were having in, I think in one of the, it was Burbank or one of the cities in California and he was doing a uh, month of meetings, I think it turned into, and there were great miracles taking place and God's presence was so strong but he said one night when he got close to the building, he could feel the presence of God already there. And he was like blocks away. And 
as he drove up to the building, he says, I was afraid to go in. The holy power of God was there. He just said, Father, just fall upon him. <laughs> but he went in and he sat down in silence, I believe. And he said, all of a sudden, you know, there's the presence of the Holy Spirit. There's the presence of Jesus. And he said, all of a sudden, the presence of the Father came in. Awesome, holy, reverential fear toward him. Just stand in awe. And they just sat there in total silence. And all of a sudden, the glory started going through the building and people came out of wheelchairs and you know, limbs were healed and all sorts of miracles were taking place. We can have, we can, we can develop a culture of faith and God will have his way. You know, the past months there's been such a emphasis on this virus that people are believing that it is a stronghold. They're in fear over it because it's constantly being talked about. Oh, the glory of God is far greater than anything this world can push forward. We believe in Him. We trust Him. We reach out to Him. And we believe that here, corporately, this kind of faith can rise up where this confidence can take hold and people can find freedom from the things that are affecting the world. Hallelujah. Let's be a beacon. Let's be a beacon to our region. Not all, when, when this thing runs its course, people, cancers can be healed by the mighty power of Jesus, instantly. We reach out again to Joyce, in Jesus' name, cancer, cease your operation. Spirit of cancer, I cast you down. I thank you, Lord, now for freedom. We lift up, surely, in Jesus' name, be healed today. Be healed today, be healed now. Whatever this is that is latched on her in Jesus' name, your power is broken by the mighty sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I proclaim healing to you now. Let's just read one more account here today. Ezekiel 37, the valley of dry bones. But let's read a little bit here and find a principle of releasing the glory of God. Ezekiel 37 and verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them round about, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. 
That is a great answer. <laughs> Sometimes we just kind of get all puffed up, and if he asks us something, we begin to just declare to him his scriptures or whatever. But often it's because there's something more he wants us to catch. Ezekiel could have said a lot of things when he said, Lord, you know. Oh God, you know. And it's so beautiful that God works with us in those times of visitation and encounter. They're meant to teach us. They're meant, you know, it wasn't that God didn't really know what was going on. Hey, what do you think? Can these things live again? You know, he wasn't just asking counsel from Ezekiel. He was going to infuse something into Ezekiel's life. And so when we're in a position of humility toward God, we can wait upon him when the glory of the Lord is there. And sometimes, you know, you just have that sense, okay? I need to wait. I need to wait and allow his spirit to move. Ezekiel didn't say, I'm a man of faith. Of course I can. I'm a prophet in the land. Of course I can get this done. Lord, you know, and I believe you're going to let me in on the answer. <laughs> Verse 4. Again he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And the answer was Ezekiel, your prophecy to the bones. That last part, I think, was my <laughs> writing, maybe. I, but anyway, Ezekiel, you prophesy the bones. And so, as he waited before the Lord, God says, you prophesy over these bones. You wait until the help of the Lord, the anointing of the Lord, rises up. So often when I've prayed for people and they've come forward, I see the glory hanging over them. And I'm, I just wait. When, when I see that, I just wait for him. And many times, all of a sudden, boom, there's just a, a shot of glory. And I, I move before my mind is activated. I speak before my mind is activated. He works through. He works through us as we humble ourselves before him. And Ezekiel took this position, and then God says, you prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. We can move together in the glory of God. We can move together in the things of the Spirit. Wow. Let's just take a moment and catch the possibilities of this united expressing corporately before the Lord. Just take a moment. Father, thank you for opening up our insight, opening up our spiritual understanding, opening up our heart, Lord, where together we can have these sudden moves of your glory. Corporately, in the book of Acts, they came back and reported that they had been mistreated by the religious leaders. 
and, and the miracle that had happened. And it, it was so beautiful. They, the whole congregation, like 2,000 people or whatever at that time, 2,000 people were listening. And it said, all at once, together, they lifted their voices in one accord. And they prayed the prayer of the Spirit all together. And they said, Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal. That signs and wonders and miracles can be done by your holy child, Jesus. But they were all in on it. They were all moved by the Spirit. And the, and the glory of the Lord fell. And they all spoke the word of God with boldness. And the apostles continued to do miracles among the people. How wonderful to work with the Lord, to move in humility with him. Beyond, we want to go beyond where we've been, corporately. There's glory for us. There's glory for us to experience. We can step through. We can do it. So we want this faith as we join together with those who call on the Lord with a pure heart, this corporate faith. Grant it to us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have a prayer that you want to just speak out loud right now, just speak it out. Hallelujah. Father, you are good. You are great. You are awesome. We thank you for the privilege of worship this morning. I thank you, Lord, for the glory that never departs from us. He's continuing to rise up. I ask as we go today, Lord, that we would walk in that mighty presence, that we would nurture our relationship, and that you'd show us keys how we can grow together in this great expression unto you. Ask us in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said, Amen. Lord bless you. Pastor Steve says greetings <laughs> and gives us gives everyone his love. He's on his way back today. So you'll be here next week. Amen.